The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Roll on a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat. Broken in the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad out of bad day. Bad law, bad do, bad rap, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Varela Palace. Right across the room through the woods from where Granny loves to go to bed early. As long as she's got a couple of big beefy toasts of the cram free her in New York City. The Big Apple. <clears throat> People dressed in plastic bags. Bridget Travis, the kind of fashion shake it up. Should do. All my friends that come around, flat to flat to party up. Rats on the west side. Bed bugs uptown. What a mess this town's tired of my brain. Spotted all over my hand. Should do be shaking out. Woo woo. Woo woo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I might have caught something from Keith. What's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Mafia tonight on the uh, big double header. We got the Monday Nighter in Smashville. And a huge touchdown pass from Allen to Beasley right before the intermission gave the Bills the lead over the Titans 20 to 17. But the Titans have given them a game, that's for sure. And then in Boston, game three of the ALCS series tied one apiece, but not for long. They're in the bottom of the fourth at Fenway. Boston leading nine to three, another grand slam for the Red Sox tonight. This one from Kyle Schwarber deep into the seats and right. That's three grand slams in two games. So they hit two of them on Saturday night and they hit another one tonight. It's never happened before in baseball history. The Red Sox are absolutely devouring Houston pitching in this series. And they did the same thing to the Rays in the division series. They are on fire. And I mean to tell you, if you don't do something about it soon, this series will be over before you can shake a stick because they're going to finish this game tonight, you would think. I don't see how you blow a six-run lead. They were up nine to nothing. In this game, nine to nothing. I mean, it really is unbelievable. So Schwarber hit the home run, the grand slam to get him going, right? And I'm sitting there watching this thing. And then you get more. It was a Vasquez single to left. Renfro scored. This is in the third. Arroyo homers to left. 
and it was nine nothing. And then Tucker hummered to right for Houston with two on a three run shot. That's where we're at now. Nine to three. Schwarber's home run, 430 feet with Renfro, Vasquez, and Arroyo on base. And they were going crazy at Fenway. So I've never seen anything like the way they're hitting the ball. I mean, Kike Hernandez got a couple more hits tonight. This guy's hitting like, I mean, he's already hitting 500 plus for the postseason. He's hitting like 640 in this series. The guy is terrorizing the baseball. Imagine, I said today on Coast to Coast, if he was still with the Dodgers, this guy is going off. He is seeing mush balls when they pitch to him. He's teeing off on every pitch. It doesn't matter. Every time he's up, you just know something big's about to happen. It's crazy, right? So remember, they got three games at Fenway. So it goes 2-3-2. Two, two. So they won down in Houston and got the split one apiece. And then uh, this is game three. They got three, four, and five at Fenway. We welcome all of our radio affiliates to the show. Sirius, Mightier 1090, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio. So, I mean, they are just dominating the series with offense. I said today on Coast to Coast, it doesn't even matter who pitches in the series. It doesn't. Because none of the Astros pitchers can get anybody out. And it really has come down to who is going to drive in the most runs every night with their bats. Saturday night, two grand slams by the Red Sox, game over. Tonight, grand slam again, nine-nothing lead, game over. It's all about runs, bats, home runs, RBIs, and that's it. What else is there to say? It really is crazy what they're doing to the Astros. I don't see how you can stop them when you're this hot. I mean, you get this hot, you're on your way. I mean, if they stay this hot in these three games in Boston, it's over. They'll sweep them at Fenway. Now, I don't necessarily believe that that's going to happen, that they're going to win the next three, but I'm seeing no indicators whatsoever that it's not going to happen because I bet on him tonight. Boom. That, that looks like it's in the bag unless Houston goes off in this game. They have to literally go off. They're down six runs right now. And I think they're going to the fifth. So they better get on their horse. And then how do you not bet on Boston tomorrow the way they're swinging the bats? We got a lot going on tonight on the bench. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. 
the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's a jungle out there. So many possibilities, prospects, and probabilities. It's easy to become overwhelmed. That's where we come in. Relax. We're your trusted source for expert information on sports gaming strategies and information. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. For all on the bench, Tyler Bass just made his third field goal of the game, and the Bills lead it 23-17 to 17 early in the third, 10 and change left. He made one early on uh, to make it three zip. It was 24-yarder. Then he made one from 28 yards out. It was 6 nothing. And then you got the Derrick Henry 76-yard touchdown romp. And it was 7-6 Tennessee. And then Stefan Diggs from Josh Allen for 14 yards. It was 13-7 Buffalo. Then Randy Bullock, a 43-yarder, made it 13-10. A Tannehill four-yard rush after uh, a Josh Allen interception deep in their own end. And they got the ball and moved it in real quickly and scored. That was after uh, Taylor Lewin uh, got injured. He uh, got carried off the field, and then Tannehill ran it in to make it 17-13 Titans. And then the Beasley touchdown pass, 29 yards from Allen right before the half with 40 seconds left. And then you get the Bass 52-yarder just now to make it 23-17 Bills. One of the problems I think Tennessee's having is is flush. They cannot stop the Bills' offense. I mean, every single time they have the ball, they move down the field like butter. I mean, they do whatever they want. It does Diggs, Beasley, Allen. Uh, Allen will run it. Allen just never gets stopped, and he just throws first downs left and right. And they move the ball at ease and are really just having their way. I mean, I guess they've stopped them a couple times, but they keep getting field goals out of it either way because they're getting such great field position because of their offense. It just works and it moves and they get into Tennessee's end. And then before you know it, they're getting another field goal. So I really don't see at this point, I know there's a ton of football left in this game, but I just don't see where the Titans are going to win this game. I don't think they can win the game because they can't stop them. And so (laughs) I don't care what you do. You're playing from behind right now to begin with, and then you can't stop them. That's a recipe for disaster. 
the Bills do anything they want the whole game, and that's just all you need to know. <laughs> They're going to win. When you can't stop a team and they just keep getting the ball and moving and scoring and doing whatever, it's over. I mean, they just continue to put it in uh, the end zone or through the goal posts, and that's all that matters. They keep racking up points. They get the touchdown before the end of the half. They come out. They get the ball to start the second half. They go down and get another three. I mean, they're literally scoring every time they have the ball. So I don't see it. And now you know why that number was six today. That's where it's at right now. So right now it's a push, but it is an ending where it is. I don't see it, to be honest with you. I just don't see how the Titans are going to stop them from continually scoring. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Jerry Palm of CBS about the latest in college football. Certainly a big day on Saturday. And, you know, in the top 25, no doubt about it. I mean, I love watching. I watch games all day on Saturday. And, you know, the best games of the day you know, in terms of top 25 games, I mean, really, uh, none of them were good. I mean, the bottom line was, I guess the closest game was Old Miss and Tennessee, but I never thought that Old Miss was in trouble in that game. They won 31-26, and then every other game stunk. I mean, I guess the other good game was Oklahoma State winning in Austin against Texas. 32-24 to stay unbeaten. Everybody, uh, you know, Texas was favored in that game. I took the five and a half. It went to six. Oklahoma State beat them outright. And what's crazy about that team is uh, they're six and oh now. No one uh, believes in them. How about this week? They're playing at Iowa State and they're getting seven. Iowa State's four and two. They were supposed to be world beaters this year, which they're uh, far from. Oklahoma State's going to Ames, and they're getting seven. So we'll see if they can win again and go to seven and zero oh and stay perfect. Cincinnati stayed unbeaten. They moved up to number two in the country now. They slaughtered Central Florida, fifty-six twenty-one. They covered the. 21 points. It was 21 and a hook. Michigan State beat Indiana by five. They were laying four and a half. They covered for me. Auburn upset Arkansas, if you want to call it that. They beat them by 15. They kicked their ass in Fayetteville, no less. And LSU, I guess, upset Florida. You can call it that, but they always seem to beat Florida. They beat him in Baton Rouge, 49-42. In honor of the win, now here's Henry taking off again with another big game. In honor of the win, the LSU Tigers announced that they're not bringing Ed Orgeron back. He's going to finish the year. I have no idea why. Is there anything worse than a lame duck coach? Is there anything worse than announcing you're firing a guy and then letting him finish the season? I mean... Honestly, they're whatever. They got five games left, and they're leaving him on the sideline like a wax doll. 
I've always said on the show, on this show and coast to coast, that I don't think he's a good football coach. I, I, I think he's a good assistant. I don't think he's a good head coach. I never did. Uh, he's always been an interim coach to me. Gets the job and everybody gets all excited about him because he's got a scary, gravelly voice and they all think he's this great coach. I never once thought for a minute that he's the reason they won the national championship at all. I thought that they won the national championship because they had an NFL team playing in Baton Rouge. Every single guy on that team went to the NFL. Burrow, Chase, et cetera, et cetera. The whole team loaded. And that's why they won. I don't care who coached them. Sure enough, a couple of years later, he's out. If you don't win every game in Baton Rouge, you are not long for this world. They will fire anyone. They have no mercy down there. And all the talk about Jimbo Fisher going to LSU is, is garbage. Why would you leave A&M when they're paying you $10 million a year? $10 million. You got a better program. I mean, they're one of the top programs in the country now with him there. Why would he go to LSU? I mean, at what point, like, it's crazy. He makes so much money now. I think he makes more than he deserves. I thought he was fine when they were paying him $7.5 million. They started paying him $10 million. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So now what is LSU going to pay him $30 million a year to coach college football? Like, it's absurd to me what they make. I mean, just, you know, the top, ten, you know, basically coaches in the country. I mean, Automatic, the top five guys make that kind of money. But nowadays, now it's gotten up to the top 10. If you're in the top 10, you're making somewhere between seven and $10 million. That's insanity. When we come back, we'll talk to Jerry Palm about everything going on in college football on a bench. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. They got their ass beat. They were going.
going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. Derek Henry just scored again, a three-yard TD run, his second TD of the game. He had the 76-yarder, now the three-yarder, and it's a tie game, 23 apiece, 4.23 left in the third, a good game in Smashville on the Monday nighter. Jerry Palm is with CBS Sports, and we always love to get Jerry on the bench to talk about college football. How you doing, Jerry? Hope all's well, my friend. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. So uh, I got to tell you, um, you know, I was looking at the, you know, games from over the weekend and I was talking about uh, essentially, uh, you know, LSU beating uh, Florida. You know, they've done it before, certainly. And then in honor of that, right. they told Ed Orgeron that he's not coming back and they got five games left. And I said on the air, I never thought he was a great head coach to begin with. I thought that uh, he played with an NFL team when they won that national championship. And since then, they've been average at best. And they're letting him go. Uh, were you surprised at any of that? Uh, well, no, we've been hearing rumblings that that might happen. Uh, yeah, gosh, it's two years, not even two years, since they won a national championship. And one of those years was a pandemic year, which really hit LSU hard. I mean, they had a lot of opt-outs that year and injuries. The guys that did stick around, it was a, a disaster for them. And they obviously haven't recovered. Uh, but I think with the championship team in 2019, the two coordinators got seemed to get most of the credit for that and got new jobs, and uh, and then they haven't been the same since. And they're they're still having roster problems, injuries, and stuff like that this year. It's just been kind of a mess. But uh, and then of course there have been off field issues as well uh, with Orgeron, and that's probably what ended up doing them in. What do you think is going to happen down there? I know Jimbo already said he's not interested, and I said, why would he be? He's making $10 million at yeah. uh, A&M. Yeah. He's got a better program yeah. and, and money coming out his ears. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, some of the names you hear are the names you've heard for USC. You know, James Franklin, Luke Fickle. Um, they don't have the connections at, US, uh, at LSU that they do at USC, either one of them, but um, – uh, Mel Tucker's name came up. The Michigan State coach has done a great job uh, this year with that team. It was just his second year there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Michigan State's having a great season, and uh, so his name has come up uh, as a possibility. It's, it's a it's a good job. I mean, you can win there. They just did two years ago. So you know you can win, uh, but you're always competing with Alabama and uh, and Nick Saban, at least as long as Saban sticks around. So it's uh, it's a highly competitive environment that job is and uh and the expectations are high yeah they're so high that uh you win a national championship two years later they fire you who would take a job i mean obviously someone will but who would want a job knowing that they're they're basically backstabbers they'll, they'll fire you on your birthday well, i mean they'll fire you the it, day you beat florida <laughs> yeah yeah they uh yeah this is like i said this has been coming for a while and i, I really think the off-field problems uh, had as much to do with it as the on-field problems, uh, but you're you're right. I mean, if uh, if they were winning, if they were undefeated right now, I don't think this would be happening. 
So how do things shape up now, Jerry, for you in terms of the playoff? Uh, who do you like? And I have to tell you, I thought Iowa spent way too much time crying about Penn State after they beat them than to just beat them and shut up and move on to Purdue. They sat around, yeah. uh, you know, holding press conferences and, and blaming uh, Penn State and Franklin yeah. for all the fake injuries. I thought that uh, screwed them up against Purdue. Maybe. Uh, something screwed them up. Uh, probably Purdue had something to do with it because Purdue's defense has been really good this year. But the one thing they hadn't been able to do very well was take the ball away. Uh, and they were able to do that against Iowa, four interceptions uh, against the Hawkeyes. So uh, just a great performance by Purdue. But you're right. I mean, there was a lot of whining involved. I don't know how much that impacted preparation for this week's game. I don't know that the players care about that kind of thing as much as the coaches do. You know, that's the coaches whining. Uh, but the players were caught flat-footed this week for sure. Purdue showed up ready to play. David Bell, uh, who would be a Heisman candidate if he played for Alabama, uh, but he's not, <laughs> and he doesn't. But he had a fantastic game against Iowa. They're going to be glad to see him go because in three years against Iowa, he's had um, over almost 600 yards and five touchdowns in three years against Iowa. He kind of owns them. So I, I have to tell you, I thought O'Connell played a great game, and uh, I thought he was really he looked fantastic. Can the Boilermakers yeah, sharp. repeat the performance at Ross-Aid on Saturday against Wisconsin? Yeah, they can. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing about Wisconsin is Wisconsin muddies you up. Their defense is good. Their offense is, is just terrible. They're crap. So th- this is a game where – you know, 14 points might win it because the defenses are going to dominate, I think. If you like the under, you know, this would be a good game to take the under. In fact, every Purdue game is a good game to take the under because they've hit the under all six games so far this year. But, yeah, yeah it's going to be, um, you know, caveman football, I think, at Ross A. Stadium next week. Uh, and But I think that Purdue will find a way to win because that's what they've been able to do much better, really, than Wisconsin this year. So talk to me about how things shape up now uh, in terms of you got Georgia, Cincinnati. Uh, who do you like right now as we kind of turn the corner and head toward for Halloween and then into uh, November to see who makes it to the college football playoff? Yeah, uh, well, Georgia, it's hard not to like Georgia. Uh, even if they get to the SEC championship game undefeated and lose, say, to Alabama, I'd still like Georgia in the playoffs. So then, of course, Alabama would get in as well. Uh, but I like Georgia. I like Oklahoma now that they've got their quarterback situation resolved. Uh, I like Cincinnati. Uh, they're going to need help. But, you know, all they can do is go out and dominate every week. That's what they need to do. Uh, they've already beaten the, the better teams they're going to face. So now they need to, uh, they need to go out and look like a college football playoff team every week. And so far they've been doing that. And then uh, for the fourth team, I actually have Ohio State uh, as Big Ten champion. Uh, now that Iowa's out, uh, I, I, you know, they've got the most talent. They're the best team in the league when they play. Uh, they didn't play that way against Oregon, uh, but we'll see what happens going forward. But I think Ohio State is now the best chance for the Big Ten to put a team in the college football playoffs. And then, so Oklahoma with this uh, Caleb Williams guy, they're not, they're not going to make it? No, no, I had Oklahoma. Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Ohio State. Okay. Actually, right, I would have go. Ohio State ahead of Cincinnati. Those four. 
All right, there you go. And what do you think of that kid playing quarterback now at Oklahoma? Is that the end of Spencer Rattler as we know him? Well, it's the end of Spencer Rattler as a starter. You know, here's the thing. They can't really give up on him because, you know, football is one hit, bad hit, and they need to go right back out there and win games for him. So you can't, you can't quit on him, and uh, you've got to have him ready. And, in fact, you kind of hope you can get him some action and get some confidence back because you never know when you're really going to need him. So uh, they have uh, this week, uh, they have Kansas. They'll slaughter them in Lawrence. Then yep. they have Texas yep. Tech at home, Baylor in Waco on November 13th. So they got uh, a week off in between those games. And then Iowa State in Norman on the 20th. And then uh, that Bedlam game in Stillwater should be unbelievable. Are you a buyer yeah. or a seller in Oklahoma State now that they're 6-0? and They weren't even favored to win in uh, Austin, but they got it done. And I, I no. bet on them. And I think their defense yeah. is legit. I think their offense is kind of boring. I do too. Yeah, I, no, I think their defense is legit as well. And that's what's going to make a game with Oklahoma interesting because Oklahoma, you know, it's their offense that makes that thing go. So it's uh, it would be a real battle of styles uh, when they get there. And, you know, it's bedlam, so you can't, you can't just count on anything to happen. You know, there's nothing, uh, nothing reliable in a game like that. So yeah, I, I certainly give Oklahoma State a shot. They'd have to do it twice, though. I mean, Oklahoma State has to beat them and then beat them again. Really, I guess Oklahoma would have to do the same. They, they look like they're on a, a path to meet for the Big 12 championship, regardless of what happens in that game. Uh, they're both in the driver's seat. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It, it may end up being a boring game because they know they're playing each other the next week. But, but the win would be really important in terms of college football playoff uh, consequences. Well, let me go back to Ohio State for a second because, you know, uh, they play at Indiana on Saturday night and then they play on Halloween the day before in um, Columbus against Penn State. And that's going to be an incredible game. And I guess my question is uh, their schedule's brutal. They play at Nebraska. Yep. They play Purdue in Columbus, M- Michigan State in Columbus, and then at Ann Arbor to end it on uh, that Thanksgiving weekend. So, I mean, that schedule is absolutely brutal. Yeah, that division is stacked, right? I mean, you've got four top ten teams currently in that division. Now, obviously, that won't last because they'll eventually get around to beating each other up, which hasn't happened yet. In fact, is I think, is the Michigan-Michigan State game, is that this week um, or is that next week? But it, those teams are going to start playing each other here pretty soon. And uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be a war in the Big Ten. But Ohio State is best best equipped to survive that war. And if they get to twelve and one with the schedule they've played, I don't know how they'd keep them out of the college football playoff. And and that includes the possibility of a twelve and one Oregon sitting right. there that beat Ohio State uh, for their for Ohio State's only loss. All right, hold that Ohio thought, State Jerry. Uh, hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought, buddy. I got a break, and we'll come right back and continue this conversation. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're living through a revolution. Sports gaming is sweeping the country. You can feel it. Soon you'll be drowning in noise from posers and wannabes. They have noise. We have analysis and expert information. Stick with who you know. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So Allen threw to Sweeney on a third and goal for a touchdown, and then they went for two with a trick play, and they threw it to Allen in the corner, and he caught it for the two-point conversion. It's 31-24 bills. They literally, I mean, score every time they touch the ball. I mean, they get a field goal or a touchdown every single time they touch the ball. I went to see Kansas City play the Eagles, right, and they scored every time they got the ball with Mahomes, and they won that game 42-30. Uh, this team does it even better than they do. I mean, the Bills literally are unstoppable. Their offense is unstoppable. I don't care where the game is. I don't care who they're playing. They score at will on everyone. This is a very dangerous football team. We're talking to Jerry Palm about college football, however, in the midst of all of this. Sorry to cut you off before, Jerry, but uh, the Michigan uh, Michigan State game is is uh, next Saturday for Halloween, the day before, okay. uh, in East Lansing. On, um, and they have not uh, set a time yet. I would think, it, you know, they'll probably play that thing under the lights, wouldn't you think? Maybe. Uh, a lot of the better games have been at noon, uh, Eastern, actually, uh, this year. And the, those games have done really well in the ratings, so it could end up being a noon game. But uh, you're, it's either that or night game, one or the other. They're not playing at 2.30. Well, I, I think that uh, Tucker team has been unbelievable. I bet on them on uh, Saturday yeah. in Bloomington, and they won that game by five. And Indiana played their ass off. You and I both know they've had a nightmare season after all the accolades they got yeah. in the COVID year and the, and the call they got against Penn State. I never thought they were that good. I think the media and the public bought into Allen that the Hoosiers were this new force in college football, and they're just not there. They are not there, and they're no. not – beating Ohio State this week either. No, I agree. <laughs> that This is not uh, – uh, the schedule's got to get better for Indiana at some point. But I thought they uh, – you and I talked about this before the season. I thought they, Indiana would take a step back just – even if they had the same players largely, which, you know, there's changes every year, but they uh, their schedule was going to be so much harder, and you knew Michigan was going to be better. Uh, you may not have known that Michigan State was going to be this good. Uh, but Ohio State was still going to be good. Penn State was going to be better. Uh, it was going to be hard for Indiana to duplicate the success they had last year. And even by those standards, though, this year has to be considered somewhat disappointing that they haven't been uh, able to knock off one of these teams here along the way. And Michigan State would have been a a pretty logical choice uh, for Indiana to take down, but they couldn't do that either. And now you get Ohio State, and that's a problem. Uh, at least after that, do they still have Michigan to play? 
I think they still have Michigan left, right? So yeah, they play. The, the schedule is. Uh, yeah, they, they play them yet. Have, they play them on the sixth of uh, of November in Ann Arbor, where they'll get their ass pasted, and then they play Rutgers, yeah. Minnesota at at home, and they finish at Purdue, and uh, they'll lose that game yeah. too. But they they play it. Uh, yeah. They play, you know, Saturday night prime time against Ohio State, which will be ugly for the program because they're going to be on national television getting their ass beat, and then they play. At College Park, yeah. so they don't even matter. Let me ask you a question just off the record uh, when we're talking college football, <laughs> college basketball. How do you think Mike Woodson's going to do? He's gotten a lot of those kids to stay there. He's gotten his hands on some great recruits nationally. Uh, a lot of people are buying in that he's going to turn the program around. Do you think uh, a Bob Knight protege will end up being successful uh, with the basketball program? at Indiana, or do you think it's just going to be the same as it's been for the last 20 years? I don't know about the same as it's been. It's highly competitive right now. The Big Ten is as good as any league, especially at the top. So you could have a really good team and finish seventh. And that might happen to Indiana this year, uh, as good as the league is at the top. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I think I don't think there's any reason to think that he can't do well. And we talked about this when they hired Woodson. My only concern for Woodson wasn't that he was coming from the pros. I, I don't really think that's a thing. Uh, I think the my biggest concern was he's already in his 60s. How long is he going to stick around uh, and coach that team, even if he does well? But I think he's got a chance to do well. You know, he's, he knows Indiana. Uh, he knows what kind of players he, he can win with, and he can go out and get some of those guys, and we'll see if he can do it. Uh, but, you know, Michigan's not going away. Purdue's not going away. Ohio State's not going away. You know, there's a lot of really good programs in this league right now. It's, it's just such a highly competitive environment. You could have a really good team and finish in the middle. I think he could actually coach 10 or 12 years uh, maximum in uh, Bloomington. I, I don't think it's beyond a shadow of, uh, of reason that, um, you know, nowadays, frankly, a lot of guys in whatever job it is, it doesn't matter. There's guys working to, into their 70s. Some guys work until they're 80 in broadcasting. Uh, I don't see yep. why it would be that crazy to think that Woodson, if he's healthy, could coach um, right. into his 70s, uh, but give him, you know, let's well, say certainly. 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah. Well, how old is Bayheim? How old is Coach K? They're, they're well into their 70s. We've seen it in football, right. too. You know, Paterno right. was, was coached into his 70s, Bear Bryant. I mean, we've seen, you know, the. The difference is he's actually starting in his 60s. Those guys coached college basketball for a long time. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the, the age um, may not be as big a factor as it might have been another time. What did you think when you heard Dick Vitale had lymphoma today? I'm just very saddened. You know, he's, uh, he's an iconic uh, person in college basketball. He's a great guy, uh, whatever right. you think of him as a broadcaster. And um, he's done a lot. Uh, for cancer research, you know, especially since uh, the passing of Jim Valvano. Uh, so, you know, I just hope he's, I hope he gets better. I hope he can fight this thing and, and beat it. Um, and I'll be praying for him like a lot of people uh, around college basketball. You know, I knew him. Uh, when, so I have a picture of him in my studio right here to my right in here right now from when I was uh, 22 years old. 
and I was calling uh, White Sox games down in Sarasota, Florida, because he lives in Sarasota, and he used to he loves right. baseball, and he would go to baseball games all yep. the time. That was the first time I ever met him, and I have a picture with Dick, and we are both so young. Like he was probably, you know, he's got tw- he's probably got twenty years on me, and imagine subtracting you know, 35 years from this picture, how young I was, I had long hair and he actually had hair on the side of his head. At that point, he had the full egg going, but I have a picture of him in my studio right now, the two of us at Ed Smith stadium. And the first thing I did today, when I heard that was I looked over at that picture in my studio and I was just, uh, Thoroughly bummed out. I think he's an institution in college basketball. He loves the game. All right, let me ask you what you thought of um, the the whole scene down in Knoxville with uh, Lane Kiffin, who I think's done a really good job in in Oxford. Actually, he's got a tough team. I loved that he was waving at the fans when they were booing him when he walked into the stadium. I didn't (laughs) like the way the game ended and the way they were throwing golf balls at him. No, or and apparently mustard containers. Now I don't know about you. I've been to a lot of football games as a fan. I never brought in a full-size condiment container to, to, into the stadium. I mean, I, I I might have if I had something other than the condiment in it, perhaps. Uh, although I never thought of that. That would have been clever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you see a big, big old mustard jar on the field. I, I mean, look, that's it's really just disgusting behavior. For that to go on for as long as it did, endangering everybody, including, you know, their band, their cheerleaders, their own team, you know, it's it's just stupid. And uh, they, they got a heavy fine from the SEC. And if it's something like that happens there again, I'd be in favor of them having to play a game in an empty stadium. Like, you can't behave. We're just going to empty the stadium, and we'll play a home game uh, with no fans and see how you like that. Uh, that, by the way, FIFA did that to Mexico. I don't know if you uh, follow soccer much at all, but uh, Mexico had to play their first two World Cup qualifiers in this cycle in in an empty stadium uh, at home because their fans act like idiots. But the the difference, of course, is that FIFA had been warning them for years that this might happen, and uh, and they don't learn either because they're still doing the stuff that they've always done. And the next thing that happens to them, they, they might lose qualifying points. I mean, I don't know if you can take wins away from Tennessee. you got to have some first, although they've been better this year. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's, there's, there's no call for that. And, and hopefully Tennessee fans learn their lesson. But, you know, it's, it's just it, – it was just – it was disgusting, really. Yeah. Let me ask you about two teams before we get out of here that I'm interested in. Uh, I, I bet on Pitt really big on Saturday as my top bet. And in in Blacksburg, and they came through for me. They were good. Uh, they're a good football team that Arduzzi has, or whatever. Uh, they're five and one. They're playing Clemson in Heinz Field this uh, Saturday afternoon at three thirty. That's that's a pretty good game. And then the other team that I I like uh, your thoughts on it, it, that I won with last Friday, but I also had San Jose State with the nine and a half is San Diego State undefeated. Going to Air Force in Colorado Springs, they're six and one. That's a great game, San Diego State and Air Force this Saturday night at seven on CBS Sports Network. What do you think of Pitt and San Diego State's chances at Air Force? Well, Pitt, I mean, Pitt's gonna, you know, they're, they're a high scoring team. How'd they ever lose to Western Michigan? 
Uh, that's that's why I don't get there. I was, at home I was there that day. And not I was there that day. They're not there. Were you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that just baffles me. Uh, Pitt has a could be the best team in the ACC. Um, I don't know that that's a real high bar, uh, but we'll find out this weekend because Clemson is going to challenge that offense. Because for all of Clemson's problems, their defense is really good. And Clemson's games are played, you know, like 17-14. And if right. Clemson can dictate that and, and throttle Pitt's offense, Clemson's got a chance to win that game or lose that game by three. But, you know, it's probably going to be played under 20 each because that's just what Clemson does. Um, and they're talented enough on the defensive side of the ball to do that. Uh, but, but if Pitt can get their style going, if Pitt can get to 25, 27 points, something like that, Clemson has no chance because they can't score like that uh, unless right. their offense is an epiphany this week. Um, San Diego State, I always like San Diego State. They're, that's another uh, really good defensive team. Uh, struggles to score a little bit, inconsistent on that side of the ball. Uh, at, at playing at Air Force is definitely a big advantage for Air Force. Their style, uh, you know, where they like to run the ball all the time, suits San Diego State. Uh, but, man, you get up in that altitude and uh, you get into the late third quarter and you start, uh, start getting tired pretty quick. Uh, that could be an advantage for Air Force. I don't know, but I like San Diego State. I think that they could win that league. I think that's probably the best team in the league. Uh, but I don't think they're head and shoulders the best team in the league. And Air Force could win it, and I like Nevada as well. Uh, but I think I like San Diego State this week uh, in a low-scoring game. Yeah, me too. Like, that's crazy how we think alike, uh, as usual. Uh, Jerry, always a, a blast talking college football with you. I look forward to uh, talking again uh, as we get into November and then into bowl season and then into the thick of college basketball season because you're just as great talking college rack, certainly as football. You're the best at both. Always love catching up, my man. Enjoy the games this week, and uh, we'll talk down the road coming up. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Nice talking to you. My man, Jerry Palm with us from CBS. Uh, by the way, Mafia, I just wanted to say uh, NC State plays at Miami on Saturday night at Hard Rock. And it's, uh, you know, the Wolfpack are five and one going in there. If they beat Miami, which they will, Miami will be two and five. And it'll be time to fire Manny Diaz because he's done a crappy job with the Canes. I don't care what anybody says. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. No soup for you. How about that? One last indignity. I mean, the time they give this guy is unbelievable. And he just, oh, how do you drop that pick? How do you drop that? You bum. You drop that interception. Are you kidding me? You suck. Did you see that? Of course that it is. Borders. I'm sick out because Josh Allen's lighting it up and slowly taking away my fantasy win. This guy could pick it off and put him back on the bench and he lets it fall. How do you not catch that, bro? You suck. Like it's right in your hands, bro. You tried to like regrip it midair. It's in your hand. What are you doing? Just fall to the ground think, with it. I, I think the guy that knocked it out of his hands was his teammate. He had it. His teammate tried to catch it too and knocked it out of his hands. Now watch. He'll get a first down. Watch. All he does is sling it. He's out of bounds. Fourth down. So eight minutes left and the Titans are going to get the ball again down 31-27. I mean, I can't even believe mafia that they just stopped them on you know three downs after the sack on first down because they haven't stopped them once the whole night no they've been doing whatever they wanted and all they've wanted to do is throw it because they have stopped the run the run hasn't been working and it doesn't matter it's all right you want to not let us run it we're just going to fling it all over the field and you're not going to be able to slow us down i mean they are unbelievable that's clearly uh look i i, I think the ravens are really good i think it, it boils down to for me Right now, if I were to guess, it would be, you know, I, I know everyone thinks it's Kansas City. I think it's Baltimore. I think Baltimore and the Bills in the AFC title game, if you ask me, it's for Alanovich. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.